So how long have you been drawing comic books? Since I was about seven years old, little kid. What would your parents think about it? They hated They hated Oh, yeah. After I, I got a job and they saw that you can make a living out of third day, you'll hear no complaints anymore. And you created X-Force? Mm -hmm. So what is the drawing of? This is the Spike Man. And what's this right here? This is the camera on top of your head that will record the wrongdoings of others. So Rob, have you had any formal art training? No. Just uh, a lot of imagination, I think. Wait, so, so I say it and then look down? Or just open it and say, fly button? Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. Up, no one will let you got stuff you don't need to know. I'm Jay. Let's get down to it. So it is 2021. We're getting the new year kicked off just right. And I figured I'd invite on a couple of friends to talk some comics. So joining me today is Alan and John from the Nerd and Me podcast. Guys, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thanks, Jay. Glad to be here. And I am very happy to have you guys. So actually, this episode was actually inspired when i listened to one of your guys episodes uh you guys did one recently on wizard magazine which was something i enjoyed very much and it reminded me of the formation of image comics so that's what we're talking about today kind of the early days of image comics how did it start what was it and what did we think of it so let's kind of start right there um john i'll start with you how did you hear about image even happening because back then the internet really wasn't what it is today. No, uh, I guess I heard about it the way everybody did back then. Everybody in the know at the comics world it was probably Wizard Magazine and just people talking about it. Um, you had a situation where Marvel was selling a gazillion books every month. They had the hottest artists. And they were all given like their own titles, I believe. Well, not all of them, but Layfield was given uh, X Force. Jim Lee was given a brand new X Men book. Uh, McFarlane was kicking butt on Amazing Spider Man. And um, yeah, they were just selling all these books. And then for whatever reason, they decided they were going to break away and start their own company. And I, I think it rocked the comic world and uh, probably comic book, comic shop news. What is that? That newspaper print thing we used to get for free when we bought our books was that comic shop news probably because that's that's pretty much what they still give out they still give that out yeah okay yeah. yeah so probably combination of wizard and that and just word of mouth from the the uh the store owners and stuff like that yeah alan how about you how did you uh hear about it um most likely probably through wizard uh because wizard at the time they were really showcasing the hottest artists and the hottest writers and so you had a good like you're just very familiar who these people were uh they were like really big names in marvel i would say in the 90s maybe they were toe-to-toe -to -toe dc but i want to say maybe marvel had a, a little head up on them maybe uh mm -hmm. and it was probably because of, of these creators here and so Image was, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Wizard Comics would really talk about these creators and stuff. And my guess, it was probably through Wizard. And then probably like to, talking to you guys, you know, uh, at school, you know, breaking the, the, this kind of conversation up. So, yeah, I mean, I remember 
definitely wizard and i think like at my local comic shop there there definitely had to be a display a poster or something about it coming out but i mean were you guys pumped for it were you excited or was it kind of like a wait and see sort of thing uh you know what were the feelings on that i was i was always like a marvel dc guy i i i don't know i felt i never gave valiant any any attention or any other smaller dark horse, um, anything like that. I think the, the first and only dark horse comic I owned for a long time was like aliens versus predator zero and one mm-hmm. just because, you know, it's aliens and predator. Um, so I didn't really give them much attention and I kind of felt image was that way too. And I always enjoyed the art, but I was always more about writing. Um, I'd rather, I'd, I'd prefer to have a comic book with, bad art and good writing than good art and bad writing. Makes so sense, I, I was, yeah, I was kind of indifferent about it. Yeah, fair enough. Alan, how about yourself? Uh, I was, if I recall, I was super stoked about it because you're talking about, wow, I think Jim Lee may have just went bonkers with X-Men number one. Todd McFarlane was an established name already, and Layfield was like this rock star doing like Levi's jean commercials and stuff. And so these guys were like known things. And yeah, no, I, I remember the the writing wasn't great, but the the art on it. I mean, it, I mean, hey, dude, I can appreciate artwork for sure. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if you're looking at a comic book, it's it's a visual medium too. You know, and there is something so dynamic about how they were drawing their books. I mean, it was popping off the pages it was amazing and i think uh god it's even hard to say like which which of the creators like really stood out like when image first came out because they're all good like young blood number one i mean if you read it it's poop you know but <laughs> i remember the excitement of reading that book and i would i i read that book several times because i could i just couldn't get over myself how cool it was because it layfield does this thing with action lines which you usually see in like manga you know, and mm-hmm. he was incorporating like like uh, that kind of art with American art and stuff. And uh, and it was a time where I think like Jim Lee's art and McFarlane's art, they were really standing out. So I, I remember I was pretty excited and 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 making sure I was getting all the number one books. Yeah, I mean, I definitely was anticipating it because yeah i mean like you guys said i mean these were kind of they were the big rock stars over there especially you know i would say you know rob layfield you know love him hate him i mean he was a huge name and jim lee was he was kind of the reason i started i picked up the x-men again um i mean i was definitely looking forward to it um it's pretty interesting though kind of looking at the history of it i mean you know like we said these were like the top guys at marvel and really their big beef was that, you know, we work and slave for you guys and you really take everything from us. I mean, the, you know, the big two, Marvel DC, had total creative control. And that's really what it was all about is they just wanted creative control. They wanted to be able to own these characters that they were going to develop. I mean, I think that's a pretty reasonable thing to ask for. Yeah, and I think it was a lot of the um, work for hire policy that they had there. Um, but uh, you know, again, that's the way it's all, had always been done in the comic industry. And, uh, you know, what they did was revolutionary and, and even if they had failed, it would have been just a real shakeup of the, of the community. Um, 
But you're right. They took the top artists. Well, the top artists themselves got together and decided to leave at once. And, um, you know, like we just said, you know, McFarlane got his own Spider-Man title. Jim Lee has his own X-Men title. Layfield got his own um, uh, X-Force title. Mm-hmm. You, had, you had, I think, Silvestri was on was on X-Men, on Uncanny X-Men. And Wallace Patasio had taken over X-Factor. Uh, these guys were drawing marvel's number one books you know they're top books and uh, jim valentino was doing uh, guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. um it, it was it was a great time to be a collector i mean i loved marvel in the early 90s and as you know I don't, we'll probably talk about when they left it really really <laughs> signaled a real huge downturn for marvel and comics in general i think Oh, I mean, that's actually kind of a good point then. I mean, when they left Informed Image, I mean, how did that affect for you guys? Like, Alan, how did that affect, excuse me, how did it affect uh, your collecting of Marvel titles when that happened? I don't think it really changed because I, if I recall, huh, I'm trying to think when when they all jump shift to Image, who were, like, who was the artist on Amazing? Because Amazing Spider-Man was the book you always bought. You know, if I had to pick, like, one title... That was my, my go-to, and then maybe Captain America like a couple years later and stuff. But uh, I don't think that stopped me from following Marvel. Marvel has always been like that that, that company I, I always follow, only because it's it's the universe I understood the most. Well, I, think, I don't think it, it, it affected me that that much. Uh, well, but, I think when you talk about Amazing Spider-Man, I think Marvel really was going to put their top talent on that title because it's probably is, you know, is that when Bagley one. went on board? Is it was well, started? yeah. It, what happened was it was McFarland then Larson. And then Bagley. So Larson also jumped over to Image. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's around the time Bagley took over. Uh, see, um, Bagley's good. I'm a Bagley's big fan of good. Bagley. I, look, those yeah. those years with, I, look my my collecting years of Amazing Spider-Man from '84 to to the mid '90s, uh, we were blessed with Ron Friends, um, McFarlane, Larson, Bagley. Just real. Uh, I think Ramita Jr. took over at some point. Uh, he might have been more toward the 2000s. So, but those those like. Uh, that's why Amazing Spider-Man was so easy to collect back in the day, because consistently good artists and mm-hmm. more or less consistently good writing. David yeah, Mitchell. yeah, and I was more at that time more towards the X-Men, and you know, I, I was definitely sad to see Jim Lee go. And I'm trying to. I think I Sylvester took over for. I think Sylvester took over. I think eventually. And then I don't know who, who drew after him. I don't know if it was Laniel Yu. I know he took it over, but that was probably further down the line. Yeah. That was probably early 2000s. But I think, you know, the big thing was, was, you know, like John, you had said, you know, you would much rather read a good story that's kind of poorly drawn. They lost their artists, like, which were their rock stars, but they, you know, they did retain the writers. And I think the writing did keep me pretty interested because when these first titles came out, yeah, they looked dynamic. They looked amazing. But um, maybe aside from Spawn, I really wasn't that interested in it. So that's another you know great place to kind of jump in here. Which which books did you guys get? And you know if you can remember, what did you think? Like initial reactions when you got them? Oh well, I I bought. <laughs> Sorry, we can't uh, see each other. <laughs> yeah, we can see each other. So we need I... to raise our hand. <laughs> Uh, I, I was telling you guys before, for some reason, I didn't buy Spawn number one, which is like, I, I don't even know what was going on in my head. Um, but I did get, and I still have, I've shot Shadowhawk number one, Youngblood, Cyberforce, Wetworks, 
wild C-A-T-S. <laughs> There's periods in between the C-A-T-S. That's why I spelled it out. That is correct. Um, <laughs> convert action teams. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, what else is the number one? I'm trying to think of... Uh, Savage Dragon. Savage? I don't think I have Savage Dragon number one. Wow. Well, I, I sure could pick them, huh? <laughs> I sure did no, I was right there with you. I, I, For some reason, I had no interest in picking up Savage Dragon. Youngblood, um, yeah, Youngblood, Wild Cats, and Spawn. I mean, I definitely picked those up. And for some reason, I don't know, I just looked at Savage Dragon and was just like, nah. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Um... And I, yeah, I don't want to poop on them, but they weren't good. It wasn't written well. They were, None of them were written well. They I bought all the books. I mean, every single one that came out. But I remember the biggest problem, if I recall, mm-hmm. I think their issue was they were not coming out monthly. I, it almost seemed like, I, I remember like, like Wildcats number one would come out and be like, maybe two would come out. And then Wildcats three would come out like months later. And I think that kind of like slowed down their momentum mm-hmm. in regards to you know ex- expectations because with marvel you know even dc i i dude i don't remember a time where i think they were ever delayed with, with a book i mean maybe a, a week or so maybe later than the earth is supposed to but i think you can almost say oh yeah in four weeks boom amazing spider-man you know four weeks later boom x-men mm-hmm. and i i think with image you know, that, that right out the door, they were hitting big numbers. They were getting a lot of press. And then they started to taper off. Because I'll tell you right now, I have no, I bought all the books. I have, other than maybe Spawn, if I recall, like, storyline-wise, I have no idea what Wildcats was yeah. about, you know, yeah. or, or Shadowhawk. But Spawn was different, maybe because it was a solo book. And I think it was probably, was Spawn number one the first image book that came out? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Was, so yeah. For some reason, that went, that that storyline stands out the most because he had a, powers and like they were like uh, finite powers mm. that he had. I yes. remember there was like a little timetable on that, but uh, that's all I can remember in regards to like which books I, w- I want to follow. I, I would follow them all if they all came out on time. Well, I think a lot of uh, a lot of it. Too, I mean, you're right, Al. They, they didn't they didn't produce them on time, and. Uh, you know, when you collect Marvel DC, you're used to your books every month. And um, I think a, a bigger part was a lot of these guys were writing their books, too. And they I mean, if you look at Youngblood, it's, it was a blatant. All the characters were just blatant rip off of Marvel characters. Yeah. And, um, you know, X-Force. I mean, to, I, I looked at it as Cable and X-Force. Yeah. Much. And to, I mean, to be fair, you know, Rob Layfield created the designs for X-Force. So you kind of understand why he might have done that. Um, but you know, it's still sec. You know, he, he had the guy Shaft. That was just a Hawkeye ripoff. Just mm-hmm. you know, and Wildcats was. I don't know what Wildcats was. I don't know how they got their powers. I don't know what they were a convert action team. What does that mean? I don't know. It's uh, cool. And Cyberforce <laughs> and wet, wet, Look, I owned. I told Alan this when I was I was uh, you know cleaning out mom's basement this past year, um, and going through all my books. Like I have all these different. Vo- like issues and volumes of Wetworks. Like every time you rebooted it, I would buy it because I just wanted to support Walls. I couldn't tell you anything about that store. That like all I know is they have like a metal skin on them, like a living metal. That's it. Like like Colossus, I think. Right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think these guys struggled because yeah, they were great artists, but they were not businessmen. You know, I don't think they knew how to run a business. I don't mm-hmm. think they realized that they had to. 
you know, get get their books out to uh, what I don't know, a, a distributor, I guess, is what they got to do, you know, and, and advertising and stuff. I mean, I, I think they they really relied heavily on Wizard Magazine to do all their heavy lifting of getting their name out. But from the business point of view, I, I think that's where they just completely struggled. And and the writers, of course, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think they yeah. they they should have. There were there were seven artists or seven big names. It wouldn't be a bad idea to pick bring on some writers too. Absolutely. You know, that's that's interesting. I mean, if why why didn't the five or six you know best Marvel artists that decided to do this? Why didn't they talk to the writers? John Byrne, right? John Byrne, who were the top writers at the time? Well, Chris, Chris, Chris Claremont, Claremont actually, was... he actually supported them, but, you know, he was sort of like, yeah, that guys, that's a great idea, but he stayed right where he was, I guess. Yeah, he you know, it out. Yeah, it could, be, it could be the security of it, you know, going out on your own when the industry at that time was dominated by two, you know, two massive studios, two massive publishers, Okay, that could be a little intimidating. Was and if it doesn't... Claremont on a book at the time? I don't think so. I don't he's, remember. He was still on X Men, I think. He was still he? doing X Men. Oh, yeah. Really? I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think oh, he wrote X Men right. from ninety one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He did a first couple issues and stuff. But okay, so who would you guys? Let's say you're you're, you're with the, the the these seven Image guys. Like, what writers would you try and woo over to to Image, if you could? Oh, gosh, I gotta remember. So we're talking early nineties. Early nineties. Who was? Um, well, oh, they get. Uh, What's his name? Uh, who did Dark Knight? Frank Miller. Frank, Frank Miller. Miller. They did get they did get Jim Valentino who did who was writing Guardians of the Galaxy at the time, um, which was a, good was a writer too. Yeah, um, Fabian Chesney I think was doing New Warriors at the time. Um, Frank yeah, Miller. Yeah, see, that's the thing though. Uh, none of the writers, other than like the ones we just mentioned, they they definitely didn't have like that. I don't know, well-known power uh, as like Jim Lee, you know? Yeah, but Other if you said, said Chris Claremont and Jim Lee are writing Wildcats, people are going to buy that, you know? If you're saying, you know, Fabian, whatever, Fabian Nichesny and Rob Layfield are doing uh, whatever, Youngblood, yeah, you know, and yeah. Sylvester and David Michelini or somebody, you know? Well, um, what about the notion also, too, it seemed like, you know, from what I remember around that time, it was, I don't know if it was easier or if this is just the way it was, writers seemed to have an easier time going back and forth between DC and Marvel, where artists really didn't at that time. So maybe a lot of writers didn't want to, like, again, didn't want to shoot themselves in the foot by saying, we're going off on our own and we're going to retain, you know, all the rights to these characters that we write and develop. And if it, again, if it doesn't pan out, maybe they're worried, okay, now the two big studios are not going to take us back. Maybe, you know, that was something that played into it. Well, how does awesome. that work? You know, because isn't it like with Image Comics, Image was just basically like the logo, but each each creator had their own brand, right? They all yes. had their own so if, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if you're Rob Layfield and you, you own Youngblood and then you bring on a writer... Does the writer get a piece of that book too? You know, like, or is it still? It's kind of like it's kind of like working for Marvel and DC. You're you're still working for somebody else. True. I mean, that could have been it too. Yeah, because yeah, there was Todd, Todd McFarlane Productions, Wildstorm Productions was Jim Lee, uh, Highbrow was Eric Larson, Shadowline was uh, Valentino, Rob Leefield had Extreme Studios, and Top Cow was Mark Silvestri. But yeah, I mean, they probably could have seen it as. That's the same thing as, yeah, you guys are keeping, you guys are 
getting all the credit <laughs> and keeping everything. How is this right. different than what I'm experiencing at DC and Marvel? So I'll yeah. stay put. But yeah, I think, you know, definitely looking up a little bit of the history of it. Yeah, it was the fact that they couldn't get issues out on time because, you know, the way comics, and I guess it still works this way too, is especially if a new title comes out, you know, a comic store will, okay, you know, I'll order 15 or 20 issues. And if it sells really well, okay, well, I'll order 15 or 20 again. But if the titles don't come out and interest fades really quick and then nobody starts buying it, they're not going to start to order it. I mean, it's like they shot themselves in their foot, you know, even, even, you know, good stories, bad stories, you don't get it out. You're just not, you're not selling. Yeah. In regards to late books, I can't recall, like, I don't think they really, they remedied that problem within the first couple of years. You know, I think year two, year three, I think they're still having those kind of issues. I can tell you reading a couple of image titles, they still have that problem even today. <laughs> I'm reading there's there's a series out there adventure man it's a, it's a six part series uh issue 4 came out in October they did say it would be delayed it's January I have no idea when issues 5 and 6 are coming and it was it, it, it was a great series and you know now it's like my worry is is I have no idea when it's going to show up and I might miss it and it's you know it, it's like Really, in this day and age, guys, come on! Like you haven't learned your lesson yet. So, in, in today, so if you if you're still buying image books, like like for example, The Walking Dead, does Robert Kirkman have his own publishing company under the Image flag? I'm not sure. I mean, I would I would assume that he does because it really seems like he has control over that because you know, I mean, I don't know if you heard, it became a TV show. <laughs> and you don't hear based on the no you know, way based on the image comics, um, you know, you hear based on, you know, Robert Kirkman. And so I, I guess that's still kind of the case today that from what I understand, I guess. Yeah, it's it's theirs. They created it's theirs. They can do whatever they want with it. Wow. Hey, Jay, I have a question for you. Uh, if you had to pick like uh, amongst the, the top, what, the, the seven, right? Uh, who, who, who was your? I, I guess the career that you wanted to follow the most. I, I think Jim Lee because I loved his work on X Men. I at that time, I absolutely loved his art. Um, his, his was the one I was most excited for. I didn't really read Spider Man, so I didn't really know and see enough of McFarlane, and I just had a very strong dislike of Rob Leefield. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was Jim Lee all the way. And while Wildcats looked amazing, for me, I was kind of like, this is a low-rent Avengers. Like, it's just, they're ripping off the Avengers in a really bad way, and it's this is just poorly written. <laughs> what about you, Jonathan? Um, I think what works... Because of Wilds, I mean, really, I was really digging X Factor at the time, and you know, Countryman, and um, and probably, well, I mean, Wildcat. I, I love Jim Lee's art, but Wildcats. There was nothing about the, you know, when you read what it was about before it actually came out. There was nothing that was like. I was like, eh. <laughs> like, I still, I still don't know what they are. What do they do? They're. What does that mean? They're a covert action team. Like, I don't. Are they Avengers? Yeah. Are they? You know. 
Um, yeah, I, I you know I wanted to like Silverhawk. Is that what it's called? Shadowhawk? But Shadowhawk. Silverhawk. Yeah. That's the eighties cartoon. Um, I wanted to like Shadowhawk, but I just Ho! because I really did like Guardians of the Galaxy. I was hoping I was hoping a lot of the stuff would transfer over. Um, just just the ideas and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess out of all of them, I'd say Wallace, and he was very not good with meeting deadlines. And I know his sister had gotten sick, I think, during that time too. So that distracted him, I think. Yeah, yeah, when you look at uh, all the image books, it's I think Jonathan, you, you you said it, you nail it on the head. When you're when you're reading Wildcats, you're just thinking X Men. You know, when you're when you're reading like Savage Dragon, you're thinking like Incredible Hulk. It's it's almost hard not to think of it that way. You know, so it's almost kind of like, come on, do something a little bit more original. Spawn is like a mixture of like everything. You know, like Doctor Strange cape and like Sp- Spider Man. Yeah, but but at least you know it was kind of a neat character. There was a lot of mystery there. I mean, I did enjoy Spawn, and I think that was the title I stuck with the longest, just to kind of figure out or or see where they were going with it. But then the mythology really started to expand out, and then you know, look, it was the early to mid '90s, and I think you know the trope that was really starting to come out is we got to have the hot babes in it. So then they started throwing in these angels and that were like the ones that hunted the spawn. And but that was, I was cool. Was that Angel? No. And yeah, Angela, right? Angela. Yeah. But it was just, I, I don't know. I, I just felt that they were, they had a really nice compact story. There was a lot of mystery to it. And then, I don't know. It's like they tried to expand, for me at least, they tried to expand on it. And, and like, I lost it. Like, I, I just really lost interest there at that time. And uh, nobody picked up Savage Dragon, huh? Which was supposed to be a very good book. No, I I, I picked up all the books. His oh, okay. his book was good. I think of all of them, I think Eric Larson was the only one that kept up with Skip. He was pretty monthly, and I think I think he's the only creator today. I, I don't know. Is Savage Dragon still going out? Because I think he's the only one that writes and draws it. His own book. I'd be amazing if he was still going. Seriously, yeah. I mean, I th- I think. Savage Dragon and Spawn were the ones that lasted the longest, and those are the ones that people probably remember. I mean, throwing out, you know, Youngblood and and Wildcats and Supreme. Does anybody remember Supreme and Kid Supreme and Lady Supreme? Supreme sounds familiar. Who's drawing it? I don't remember who was drawing it, but basically it was Superman. (laughs) (laughs) And just a very poorly done Superman. Supreme. God, I want to say that. Oh, no, no, no. Platt? I could be wrong. You know what was pretty visually cool? The dude... Uh, yeah, uh, you're right. Platt. That was was it, it was. Uh, oh, okay. The dude that did Hulk? Uh, Keown? Pitt. Oh, Dale Keown. Yeah, Pitt. Yeah. That was cool looking. And, or, I mean, it was an no, obvious the, Hulk was rip off, but it, that was badass. The, the Max, right? I thought it was the Max. Uh, David Keown? Sam Keith was oh, one Oh, that's of them. Sam Keith, yeah. Dale, Dale Keown was one, and then Sam Keith was the other. So one did Pit, Pit, and one did the Max. Yeah, Pit was badass. That was cool. I mean, Image is still around today. Uh, you know, they had some turmoil. I guess they righted the ship. Um, you know, and they're still. I mean, you know, for better or for worse, they're still kind of opening it up and letting creators come in and and kind of do their thing. And really, like a lot of the independents out there they're not just sticking with the traditional superhero 
sort of characters and tales like they're really expanding it out um you know real world tales um kind of more gothic and horror and you know it's i mean obviously you know creators i guess you know they want to flood to that and they want to have their chance to really express themselves um I mean, I don't really know the politics inside Marvel and DC, but do you think, you know, anything changed within Marvel and DC so they would, you know, kind of hold on to their talent? Like, did they change their practices at all? Because I'm not really sure. Well, yeah, because didn't Marvel do this thing where if they signed on an artist, it was like an exclusive contract like you can only work for Marvel for such and such a time, which I didn't think they did that before. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I know that Image took over number two from DC – and then after the bubble burst, uh, they were able to stay afloat because they kept. I mean, Image was all about exactly what their name is. Image. They were. Mm-hmm. They were. They they survived on their artist talent because you got to remember the second wave was was J. Scott Campbell, um, Midori, Midoriya. Um, uh, who's that other guy that did the Vampire Crimson? Oh, uh, Alberto Ramos. Those. That was like their second wave and. Um, it wasn't really, I don't think, until like the 2000s where they started to marry the, the good writing with the good art. Um, so they're pretty, they're, they're pretty stable now and they're pretty strong, but um, they, they solely survived because of their art in the 90s. I mean, look at them today. Look how many like, of their comic book properties that turned into movies like Wanted and uh, Walking Dead as a TV show. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was it? Kingsman? Is it wasn't that image too? Or I, I don't know. You know what it is? I know what, I, you know what I think image did also? It really broke the stranglehold of the big two because then you had like Boom Studios and Dynamite mm-hmm. and uh I you know, all these other uh Devils Do, all these other studios started coming out and making quality products and, and it's really you know, it really, really kind of broke that monopoly that DC and Marvel was having on on comic books. Um, and they're all putting out great properties. Um, yeah, and so, ac- yeah, and a lot of them actually have gotten the licensing rights, you know, to put out. Um, I think it's, I think it's Boom Studios that has um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They have, I think, Ultraman and some of the other like Japanese heroes, like Godzilla, I believe, also. And I kind of scoffed when I saw. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number one, but I'm really regretting not picking up because I hear it's actually a really yeah. amazing title. Yeah, I'm hearing really good things about that that comic. And IDW's got the G.I. Joe property, and I think they got the Transformers too. IDW. Um, and they're another one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's really a lot more out there for, for people to look at. Um, but I don't know that anybody does superhero comics as well as Marvel and DC. I mean, Image does have invincible and and you know angela and spawn and all them um but i think when you talk about superheroes it's still you know who's who's bigger than the marvel and dc heroes at this point oh yeah the the marvel universe is just it's so rich and you know dc it's just so rich and deep you know it's it's more than just the character when it comes to like it's not it's more than just spider-man it's it's the Marvel Universe, you know, and that's that's their only strength at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, well, well, fair, well, Marvel had a 25-year head start and DC <laughs> had a 50-year head start on the other companies. But I, I, but I also think that's their niche. I think they found 
let's tell different types of comic stories that may not just be about superheroes. You because know, obviously Walking Dead is not about superheroes. Um, Spawn, I don't know if you want to call him a superhero. Um, you know, uh, Saga, which is a really good um, image book now, um, is not about superheroes. So. Well, do you think it's it's also to kind of what happened with Image uh, when they first got started and put out superhero books? The comparisons were drawn already because, you know, like you guys said, DC and Marvel essentially have been around forever. They really almost kind of created just about every type of hero. It would be really hard to create a unique superhero because there's always going to be that comparison. You create a hero and right away people will be like, well, that's just your Batman ripoff or that's your Wolverine ripoff. So maybe these independent studios now are like, well, we're just going to get away from that and just tell our own unique stories, you know, so we're not really kind of compared to the two studios that do it the best. Well, check out the irony now when you think of Image Comics. Name name a hot artist today, you know, uh, uh, compared to like the, the original seven. The name one. I, I can't think of any. You know, I don't think there's a name in comic books today. Or even image. I mean, image is basing their success through the writing, 100% the writing. You know, I don't think you look at The Walking Dead. Oh yeah, this artist, you know, are going to collect that book because of that artist. It doesn't happen. So it's 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 all about the stories. Yeah, I mean, that's really what drives me to pick up new titles. Um, I think from Vault Studios, there's one out now called uh, Department of Truth. And it's written by James Tinney and the fourth. And I'm like, well, you know, that's, that's got me hooked already. James Tinney and the fourth is writing a comic. I, I am going to read it. And again, it's, a, it's a six issue issue five should be coming out. If not this week, probably next week. And it is absolutely amazing. And I mean, the art is the art. I don't even know who the artist is, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's all story driven. That's funny. Cause I've gone the opposite way. Like um, I'm buying comics not a lot, but when I pick up a book, if it's not Nightwing or Spider-Man, I'm buying it because I love the cover. Like, I don't give two craps what's going on inside the story anymore. <laughs> like, I, cause, I mean, it's, it's amazing what they're doing with comic book covers now in terms of they're getting real high-quality artists to draw these beautiful pictures. And they're making them variants. They, look, they know what they're doing. They're making them variants. They're making them low, low, um, low runs, low print runs on these particular covers. And when I see a, a great cover, I have to buy it. And uh, I don't, I'm, you know, am I going to hang them on the wall? I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I've got some, some really, really great covers. In fact, as as I was going through again my comics, I got some early, you know, mid two thousands Amazing Spider Man with these covers by J. Scott Campbell, which are, you know, worth so much now because people weren't really caring about the cover that much. Um, but I I I don't read comics anymore. I mean, I'm I'm reading Nightwing again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm buying Amazing Spider-Man again, but I haven't I haven't cracked open Amazing Spider-Man. Um, but that, I mean, I could just because every 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 day is an event, like <laughs> event after event after event. I mean, when when Crisis on Infinite Earths came out in '84, that was like an event. Like you had seen nothing like that before in comics. Same thing with Secret Wars. But now it's you know I, I think Marvel rolled. They did a something called Empire and rolled right into King and in Black, which was a continuation of 
uh, Carnage Unleashed or something like that. I'm a maximum car. I don't even know what it's called. It was crazy. It's, 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 it's too much. It's, yeah. it's too much. It's spread out. X, the X titles are doing the X of swords oh, X, and X, powers of X powers of 10. Right. No, there's all these different. Yeah. 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 And, and it's too much. I mean, I remember, you know, I, re- I read X-Men and I knew every year there's going to be a big crossover. You know, there's mm-hmm. going to be extinction agenda. There's going to be age of apocalypse, you know, and it, it happened every year. It happened in all my titles, the X titles. I was big on reading the Punisher. Now it's like an event within an event within an event. And it's it's just not worth it. And everybody that has any kind of superpower in the Marvel Universe is an Avenger. It's re- uh, like I remember when being an Avenger was a special thing. Everybody's an Avenger now. <laughs> it's like- now they take like whoever. Remember there was a time where they just took the most popular Marvel characters and put them on Avengers, and it didn't make sense. Like, why was Wolverine? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Know, or even Spider Man. Spider Man's thing is to be a loner. Yeah. You know, it's like why are you a, why are you an Avenger? Some some of the best Avenger stories are when Spider Man like does an adventure with them, but then turns down their offer, or they turn him down. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, I mean, getting back to Image is. You got to give them credit because uh, look, we were we were in college, and so they weren't that much older than us. And they they you know th- that was a huge chance for them. they didn't know they were going to do well. You know, uh, I mean, talk about having chutzpah and, and faith in your talent. Uh, if they had just been able to lure one or two, maybe three writers with them, and have out of the three writers write two books each. Um, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to criticize because they are successful. <laughs> We, I watched an yeah. interview with Jim Lee, and he, he said, like, you know, they were talking about the risk, and Jim Lee said, well, if it didn't work out, he says, I can still draw. And he says, I could probably go back to Marvel or DC. Well, they so did. And they did. <laughs> yeah. And they did. Oh, that's <laughs> right. He did, yeah. They rebooted the, yeah. the Fantastic Four and right. Thor. And I have, it's Heroes Reborn. Yeah. Um, and Captain. boy, those Layfield books are awful. That Captain yep. America. Captain America and his massive chest. That famous picture. It's unbelievable but and that was like two three years after image started jim lee came back and did um did you do fantastic, fantastic four. four did he do yeah. fantastic four yeah, yeah. And, and it looked uh, good who yes did it a, did oh layfield yeah they gave layfield avengers and captain america and he did fantastic four and something else i think jim iron man i think he iron got man. iron man yeah you're right iron man. who did iron man jim i lee. think jim lee did, did did iron man and they paired them with good writers well, more or less. More or less. Yeah. Captain America was not a good book. That Avengers was not good either. Oof. No. Um, but then you got Perez and and uh, Busick on the Avengers, which was a great run. Yeah. Return. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I guess, Bo, at that age, that's when you would do it. You know, that's when you do take those big risks. And Jim, and that's the thing, too. They're, they're all good artists. If Image failed completely... Marvel and DC would have to be really vindictive a-holes to not hire them back onto their books. <laughs> exactly. Hey, what was the deal with, like, this I, I don't know because I was always out of comics by then. What made Jim Lee leave, right? Because he, he became, I, I think, didn't DC buy Wildstorm? Wild yeah, he like? took Wildstorm uh-huh. to DC and became like a co-publisher, not a publisher, but like an, I don't know, he became... He got like a higher up, and from everything I've read, it's just like he he didn't he wanted to go back to being a creator, and he he felt like he was spending too much time trying to run a company. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and look at him now. He's a, he's like is he co-publisher or co-editor in chief of DC or something uh, over at DC? Yeah, yeah. And he still draws like he did. Um, 
his Batman Hush was that's no, that was great. That, that was, was some beautiful art. That is some beautiful art. And who wrote that? That wasn't Loeb, was it? Uh, see, I mean, I remember I, the artist. Now I don't remember the writer. <laughs> that might have been Loeb. I would I, I would was. poop if if Jim Lee came back and he did like a monthly book. I I think I'd come back to comic books again. No, or actually, if, any of these creators. If he if what happened? What? It'd be funny if he was doing a monthly book and we just didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob Lee well, Lee's doing Lee Snake Eyes. Um, yeah, you want to tell me it's not good? I, you know, the first issue I was a little iffy on. Um, the story's Wait, actually what, not. What, too... what book? Uh, he's doing Snake Eyes right Ooh. now for uh, oh. Rob Leefield. Okay, and I'll tell you what, his art's gotten better. He can draw. It's feet. definitely gotten better. He can draw feet, and his 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 body proportions are a little bit better. Than They're... Me. They're better. They're better. I mean, I mean, I, you know, Snake Eyes, just like everybody else, is jacked as anything, but it's not like his biceps and his forearm are like the same dimension. I mean, he's he's definitely gotten better with it. Much less, much, much less uh, pouches and straps. Yeah. You know what he can't draw? He can't draw like when people are holding things, like when he's holding like like a sword, for example. He just draws like a, like a tight fist, and then he'll draw the sword around it. He couldn't do faces. And McFarlane could not do faces. Like, his, I, I hated his faces. Like, his Mary Jane faces, Peter Parker. They all had the same nose. Ugh. Jim Lee well, can't draw feet. Leafield can't draw. Cards, he hide the feet behind a rock. <laughs> Well, Leefield had that that what I called like the Leefield grimace. Like everybody had a grimace on their face. They, they were, were happy. Yelling. They were sad. It was like, I remember John Byrne said something like that. Like he was criticizing because I didn't John Byrne. God, I want to say he broke away too to to form something with Frank Miller. But I remember he kind of criticized Leefield in a sense that all of his uh, like drawings they all had like the same emotion. Like they're either angry or not angry, <laughs> so, and that's how he drew just just two. So Snake Eyes is right up his alley because you can't see his no face. face. Well, it's funny because I, I just yeah. Well, that's why and McFarlane with you know Spider Man and Spawn their faces are covered, so he doesn't have to draw noses or anything. Um, <laughs> I another it was so I mean guys you don't understand the the when I was going through my old comics which I'm still doing. And I come across these guys who I thought, and they, I mean, they are great artists, but Layfield, uh, and I feel like I'm picking on him, but when he, and not just him, but I think, I think uh, Jason Campbell and, and um, who's yet Michael Turner were, were, were guilty of this too. When they drew women, their legs were about two times the length of their torso. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a medical person, but I'm pretty sure the body is usually proportionate, right? <laughs> is there proportions in the body? <laughs> It was well, kind of like the, the Barbie doll, right? Isn't like Barbie, like the <clears throat> Barbie doll, like not proportionate? Oh, I don't know. Let me go look at my Barbie doll. I knew. Oh, wait, I don't have any. Well, there was I the have, one. I have action figures. I have Barbie there, action figures. <laughs> you know, whenever whenever you see something, when they criticize Rob Leefield, there was the, the, the one panel he did from an early X-Force where it's Cable and Domino are in a bath. And it's like they're opposite each other. So... Her leg, which again is like three miles long, it's almost the same size as one of Cable's arms, and it's just like the, the proportion is just out of whack. It's just like you look at it and you're like, "What is going on here? This is ridiculous." Yeah, I would, I would love for someone to have like a uh, 
do like a computer mock-up where it, it make them look like they're human or whatever. <laughs> that would be scary. I think they did that with uh, Captain America. Like they took one of Layfield's uh, Captain America because of like the size of his chest and stuff like that. And they kind of like overlay like a like a human body like over it. It was just it just didn't work. The human awesome. body is not meant to do that. No, it's just Cap Cap never skipped a chest day. That's all. <laughs> Who skips chest day? Come on. Not Cap. Not Cap, obviously. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it now. They did Chris Evans. <laughs> oh, they did Chris Evans in the oh god. I didn't say this and send it to you guys. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know. Funny. I saw it someplace where they're like overlaying like somebody normal. Oh, didn't they inflate like Chris Evans' chest or something yes, like they that? Chris Evans chest. <laughs> God, that was too funny. Huge. Alrighty. Well, I mean, I mean, I think you know, for better or for worse, I mean, Image definitely made a huge mark on the comic industry, and it's still around today. And maybe it's the reason that there's a lot more independent studios out there now, but. I don't know. I think, you know, in the end, I mean, love it or hate it. I mean, you got to admit it. It definitely kind of changed the landscape of comics, you know, from the '90s going forward. I remember I asked Jonathan on on you know one of our podcasts, like you know how like you you have like the golden age and the silver age of comics. It almost seems like Image was that major milestone where comic like the industry changed. You know. Oh, Alan, I have an answer for you because you asked me what they called it, and I just happened upon it recently called the Copper Age. For real? That's yeah. a thing? Really? That's, That's what I said. Interesting. They called it the Copper Age. Yeah. <clears throat> so maybe. I mean, now... what, was, what was that time period? Was it like uh, late 90s? No. Um, might have been like mid 80s to late. Because the, the Golden Age is. Like when the Justice League came back in like the fifties and sixties, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and Silver Age is kind of like sixty-five to seventies, or maybe eighty something. And then I think, well, maybe eighty-five, ninety something is like the Bronze, and then maybe the next is the Copper Age. Hmm. Hmm. So we're we're now in what in like the Brass Age or something? We're in the Paper Age. We're no, we're <laughs> not. We're in the Digital Age. We're in the wood wood age. Well, I would definitely say image like put comic books on the map beyond like Marvel and DC. But I, I and the reason why I bring up image is because it it almost seems like that was like this huge, incredible rise in comic books like across the nation. But at the same time, it almost seems like not just image, but you're talking about like the gatefold covers and the holographic covers. You know, it was also a time where, like, it, they were slowly killing themselves, too, because it was just, it became such a saturated market. Oh, God, you, Like, yeah. you couldn't keep up with everything. But, you know, it also was a bad um, uh, fallout of, of Image Comics is that the, the decision makers at Marvel and DC thought that people only wanted good art. And... I'm not saying that meant they went out and found good artists. It, it meant they went out and tried to find people that drew like Jim Lee and Rob Layfield. And yeah, there, there was a whole three, four year period where every book was awful. And because they were focusing so much on the, the art, the writing suffered. Uh, there's a reason they did, you know, uh, they had to do the heroes reborn. If you, if you look at where all the heroes that were killed by onslaught, 
they were so di- like the wasp literally became a wasp like they turned her into like some kind of alien creature um all the heroes look different like hawk they all look different they were all pouches and bandoliers and what are those headgears that everyone had oh yeah it's like boxing headgear yeah uh, so i remember that started with shatterstar i remember yeah. so so onslaught like was was made because they had to reset and reboot all these heroes because even thor they all alan i know you stopped reading and i don't know if you were reading then jay but just google like pre-onslaught avengers and just they all look different their costumes all different they all look like bad ripoffs of, oh weren't they like uh like daredevil was was wearing like armor and captain yeah. america was wearing mm-hmm. armor and stuff yeah. right yeah, yeah. It, it was, was it was, was not bad. good it was not good no, they they definitely you know it, it, that was the time to do a reboot, not like now with just rebooting the universe every I don't know on a whim. It seems like every three weeks, just about, just about. Well, I definitely want to thank you guys for coming on and talking about Image. Uh, it's always fun to have fellow comic lovers on and discuss this stuff. Um, so before we wrap things up. Why don't you guys talk about your podcast and some of the other stuff you guys uh, are doing on Instagram? John, what's on Mom's Basement Collectibles? All right. Well, I just put a poll up about what I'm going to put out this week. Uh, tomorrow's a holiday, so I'll be posting something related to the holiday. But the rest of the week, uh, DC went out of Marvel. I was shocked because I, I definitely get less likes on my DC posts than I do to my Marvel. But everybody wanted DC. So Solo they, or a group? Uh, the poll is still out, but it looks like uh, group is winning so far what? Really? and i'm not going to name names but some of you guys and you've been doing this with all my polls some of you guys got more than one instagram account and you're voting more than once and i, I voted once uh, this time you've been squeaky clean the whole gotta time lean the vote <laughs> I, I i i know i only vote one time you're full of shit. Per, per account per account per, per one account. time per account <laughs> <laughs> Me, I got nine accounts for your for your nine uh, podcasts. <clears throat> yeah, so that's what we're doing on Mom's Basement Collectibles. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Should I put toys up? I don't know. Yeah, don't know. it's see. your account. You do what you want. Eh, it was whatever was in the basement. Yeah, everything was in the basement. That's the problem. Well, there you go. Anyway, we'll see. But that's what we're doing. Alan, what do you got going on with Doctor Indiana Jones? Doctor Jones. Doctor Jones. I. Uh, <laughs> well, I I, I kind of teased something today on Doctor Indiana Jones. Did some big news is coming up? What was that? Teasing little minx. He sure did. Oh, yes. <laughs> so uh, yes, yeah, so stay tuned. Some news is coming up soon, and uh, but something's coming. The the, the the count is not over. So uh, hopefully we'll have something. Maybe maybe tomorrow. How about that? Yeah. yeah, same. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, hey, dude. Talk Jonathan, about your podcast. podcast. <laughs> Wait, what? Jonathan, we have a podcast, I think. We do have a podcast. Yes, oh. they do. Called The Nerd. Is the, you know what? It's been four years, Alan. Is the part of the title, or is it just Nerd in Me? Just Nerd in Me. I should know this, shouldn't I? That's Kevin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, we have the Nerd in Me podcast, which can be found anywhere podcasts are found. And um, we just, well, not just dropped the show, but our most recent shows were on one, our discussion on Wonder Woman 1984, The Mandalorian, Season mm-hmm. Dose, 
and um, Wizard Comics. Whistler. Yeah. Cobra so, Kai. Cobra if you Kai. like if you like stuff you don't need to know, you'll definitely like the stuff on Nerd and Me. And uh, you know, I conducted an, an informal poll, and it was one hundred percent. The listeners want the Week and Geek back. Yeah, was that oh, you and your nine man. accounts? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it was a hundred percent in favor of the Week and Geek making a comeback. Jay, what's the Week and Geek? I don't know. That's not my podcast. That's your mm-hmm. guys' podcast. What the people want it. You Get mean our weekly, our weekly, our weekly podcast the on the news of. Comic books the problem with the Weekend Geek nowadays is that it's like, dude, everything's like not. There's like movies are like question marks and TV shows are question marks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Dude, who the hell? <laughs> I I don't know, but you need a quick hit, quick hit, and a quick with the news. See, you miss it. Bring it back. I don't even know what time it is. It's time to hit it. <laughs> Boom. Oh, I'm not even maybe maybe we'll do a reunion. Uh, a Week and Geek reunion there you go. episode. Hey, Jade, thanks for uh, inviting us uh, on your show. It's always a pleasure to have you guys on the show and talking comics. Wait, wait and... one second. Go ahead. Jay, you have another podcast. I do have another podcast, and yeah, we have started up again. It is Enter the Nerd Zone. Uh, my buddy Pete and I, we put out an episode not too long ago about Wonder Woman 84. I'm in the process of editing up our next episode, and we got a pretty good line of some stuff coming out, so definitely stay tuned for that. Nice. Pretty good. Oh, I sent you the picture of Chris Evans with the Layfield chest. I know. That's why I started laughing. (laughs) (laughs) You got got to put it up now on your Instagram because it is hilarious. Speaking of Instagram, head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. Alan and John, as always, thank you for coming on. Know it all. I'll talk to you guys later. Tell you remember.